This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. And welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Our goal is to connect you with real people, with real stories on how they think about bravery in the workplace, and examples on how they have demonstrated bravery in their workplace, all with the goal of helping you do the same. I was speaking with my guest just a few moments ago and sharing with her the journey I have been on and presenting this podcast, and she said, you know what, Ed, you should share those stories with others. So I do want to tell you one thing, which is when I began the podcast, I had a couple of questions that I would ask folks. And it became apparent as I talked with more and more people that people saw bravery different in the workplace. So I've added a question about three or four podcasts ago that I'll also ask today, which is what words or phrases do you think of when you think about bravery in the workplace? Because what I have found is that bravery means different things to different people. So I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. So our guest today is Laura Tomeno, and Laura is the Vice President of People and Culture at HealthEdge. Hello, Laura. Hi, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How's it going? Very good. First of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm so proud of you for doing this podcast. You're such a big deal now, my friend. (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you for joining me. I can't have a podcast unless I have guests. (laughs) So I really appreciate you taking time in what I'm sure is a very active day to talk with us a little bit about bravery in the workplace. Happy to do so. Fantastic. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Laura Tomeno. I'm, as Ed said, the VP of People and Culture at HealthEdge Software. To just give a little bit of insight into what HealthEdge does, we provide software and services, particularly to the healthcare payer market. And Ed and I met a few years back when I had contracted out some executive coaching, and we've stayed in touch since. I followed his work during that time and happy to be here. He asked me to, to talk a little bit about my role at HealthEdge. And so I've been at HealthEdge for about seven years. Uh, During that time, I've seen massive and rapid transformation and growth for the company and also for the HR function. And I believe that is why he has asked me to join today. It is. You know, uh, you have experienced a tremendous amount of growth and change at your organization. I'm sure we could talk about that for hours, but today (laughs) we want to specifically talk about bravery in the workplace. So Laura, as you think about bravery in your workplace or, you know, other workplaces that you've been, you know, what words or phrases or what do you think about when you think about bravery in the workplace? Yeah, sure. Confidence. It takes uh, an inspiring spirit. I think it's a resolute activity. But mostly when you asked me to prep for this question, I really thought about it. And I think mostly what it is to me is a sense of belonging, because I think bravery really occurs when you are seizing an opportunity, going beyond your comfort zone purposefully or for, you know, for a valiant reason. Wow, great. And so, so tell us a little bit more. What do you mean by a resolute? I think you said resolute opportunity. I did. So I can actually give you an example. You know, when, when you and I first started talking about me joining this podcast, I froze a bit, right? I, I love listening to podcasts, but the idea of joining 
one and, and being a guest on one definitely put me out of my comfort zone. And you said, um, tell people, why am I listening to this woman? And I paused. I think I made a joke about it. Like, why would they? Right. And I think that, you know, you asking me to join the podcast really made me think for the first time about my behavior at Health Edge as brave, right? I think it was the first time, I think we can all get caught up in the not being able to see ourselves the way that others do. So you got me thinking about my, my growth, my transformation, and due to the times that I spoke up, that I took risks, and ultimately that I acted brave at work. And for me, resolute was just a word that came up because I felt purposeful. I felt like it was the next thing that I needed to do. And I, I needed to do it, you know, for myself, perhaps, but I really felt it as a sense of what I needed to do for the team and for the organization and taking those opportunities to speak up. Wow, great. And, you know, I love this image of, you know, being more of who you are, because I do believe that people show themselves in uh, different ways and how they really are. So there's the person you are, and only you know that. And then there's the person that you show to others, whether it's personally or professionally. And sometimes bravery is when you start showing a little bit of who you really are in the workplace, which may or may not be consistent with what you've been showing externally. I don't know if that resonate, uh, resonates with you at all. It does. And it goes back into what I was, the point I was trying to make about belonging, which is for me, I wouldn't necessarily just speak up for myself, maybe. I think that for me, it's the sense of belonging to a greater team, a greater organization, and taking those opportunities that you have to do it purposefully. Right, right. I think uh, another whole podcast could be just on belonging and behavior and purpose, right? So Sorry, I'm not trying to segue us. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, it could be a whole new podcast topic. So There you go. Uh, but all of our guests, Laura, have shared a story where they have either demonstrated bravery in the workplace by saying or doing something that was hard to do. Mm-hmm. And we certainly would love to hear your story. So if I'm being honest, just coming on this podcast is probably an example of being brave. <laughs> I was telling Ed before we got started that this is my first time ever, ever joining one. Beyond that, My background, my experience, my career up until joining Health Edge was always in academia. And I think the first time that I, you know, when I reflect back on being brave and taking a chance was when I joined Health Edge. We were a startup. We had about 175 employees at the time when I joined. And I was leaving a really large institution and experiencing a small software company. I had a lot of culture shock and and shift and and I was faced with this opportunity to really build an HR team and a HR function really at the time from the ground up. And for the first few years that I was here, it was I was a team of one and really just getting my my feet under me and getting myself organized and and trying to start to create that vision for what it is that we wanted to do. And certainly there were opportunities to be brave throughout that time. And when we had in in 2016, we had our, who is now our CEO, Steve Krupa, joined our organization. And when we had a leadership shift, I decided to connect with him one-on-one. And I report directly into the CFO. So I invited the CFO to join us as well, Matt. And Matt and I had talked for years about here are the strategic things that we want to do to propel the company forward. We want to really be, you know, what we now call an employer of choice. We want to create 
a work environment that is inviting and supportive and innovative. And we want to do that not only so we can attract great talent, but that we can also maintain and, and retain that great talent. And so, you know, I think one of the biggest things for me in my career about being brave was, you know, feeling important enough to grab some time with this brand new CEO and to explain to him all the the things that we wanted to do for the HR function. And, you know, I prepped, I prepped, I, I had this beautiful slide deck. I was so proud of it. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he let us get a couple of slides in. And then he just looked at us and said, why aren't you already doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. And out of all of the things that I had prepped mentally for what he might ask us about the why, I hadn't really prepared for that question. Right. I think that the why aren't you already doing this? I thought, well, what a great question. And that was such a, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned it back to him before, which is, you're right. Let's go. Let's do it. Since then, We've taken a real entrepreneurial spirit to reviewing all of our policies and practices and testing out, well, why do we do it? What are we really trying to accomplish? And I think that the last part of you know, my story, if, if you will, is particularly that you have these big moments that you can look back on, right? And you can say like, oh, I feel like that was really brave. But I think that it, there's a really important subcurrent, if you will, of being brave, which is being consistently brave, right? And so when you are, you know, through this journey, after we spoke with Steve and we made, we said, we're going to do this and we're going to make this focus on being an employer of choice. And we're going to set some goals for ourselves. You have to maintain that. So that energy and momentum that you had to first make the ask, you know, you have to see through in these moments that challenge or test out what it is that you're doing. So I think being consistent allows you to see bravery in, in smaller ways, but also very important. Well, that's a fantastic story. And thank you for sharing it. And for me, it brings up dozens of questions, but I have a couple <laughs> That I'd love to ask you, you know, the first one is, and I'm not looking to share any personal information, but I think you're married with children. I am. And starting work at a startup could be a great example of bravery because for some people that might be perceived as risky. You know, we, it's not fidelity and it's not liberty mutual, but yes. it's a startup, right? So what were you thinking or, you know, besides needing a job and getting an offer, uh, what were you thinking? Yeah. What were you thinking? Right. I mean, obviously it's worked out well, but you know. Yeah, no, it's a really fair, it's a really fair question. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about how, what I really like to say is that the, I feel like this opportunity found me. And so I was, I was working at Harvard university at the time. And uh, one of my good friends was managing the Relay for Life event in Burlington, Massachusetts. And she got connected with Health Edge through that organization. It was an organization that I I participated in the Relay for many years. And one of the captains on the Relay team had said, oh, do you know any good HR people? We're looking to hire our first one. And so, you know, one of my good friends just recommended that I check it out. So I did. I came in. I met with the CFO, Matt Hughes, for I think it was maybe two hours. I think my interview was supposed to be 30 minutes. You know, we mm-hmm. just, we mm-hmm. clicked. We, we have, we share similar ideologies. And I think he took a chance on me and I felt very excited by the opportunity of building something, right? I had worked in really large organizations where I had been told and had learned best practices and then to be able to implement them, but to 
start challenging them and, and testing them out sounded and it was, it was so exciting for me, but it was risky. It really was very risky. And I remember having, you know, like I said, the culture shock going from academia to a tech environment, but also, you know, all of a sudden, a lot of my benefits shifted. There was a mm-hmm. lot of different, a lot of different shifts that occurred, but I am so glad that I did it. Well, the second question that I have has to do with something that I think many listeners either haven't done and should do, or like yourself have done and feel great about, which is finding time to speak with the CEO or your boss. So many people upon reflection look back and say, I should have said something or I should have had that meeting earlier, you know, whatever it might be. And it sounds as though early on that you found the bravery to say to the new CEO that you wanted to corner some time and bring your boss and talk about what you want to work on. And I'm just curious if you can reflect back or think about what the motivation was to find the bravery to do it. Yes. So at the time that Steve was joining, I had been at the organization for just over three years. And if my job was going to stay the same and the same things that were going to be expected of me, I knew that the, a significant amount of the impetus for me to speak to him was that I felt like, well, I have kind of nothing to lose, right? Because if this doesn't go well, I was probably ready for my next challenge anyway. You know, I think that you make a really great point, which is, you know, sometimes it takes that, right? Which is, I have nothing to lose. And so why not go for it? And I think there's a lot of power in speaking up before you get to that point, right? And in HR, uh, in this work, right, there's a lot of internal company coaching and supporting and people kind of bouncing ideas off of usually like their HR business partner. And I feel like above all other advice that I give, asking people, well, what did they say when you told them that? You know, I I kind of love the experience of having people realize that they haven't yet verbalized it to the person that it matters to, right? And, you know, encouraging people, sometimes making introductions myself and helping enable people to have those conversations has been, you know, one of, I think, what the most rewarding parts. But I think it's, like you said, it's so important to find that time to speak up. Find the time before you're frustrated, before you are feeling like you have nothing to lose. Find the time so that way you can go in there and really come across proactive and strategic in all the ways that you want to. Well, I love it. And it makes perfect sense. And yet so many people find it hard to do. And they typically will rationalize why they didn't do it. But in reality, for all the reasons you just listed in reflection, you know, you would be doing a happy dance because you were able to do something that I think takes bravery. I think it takes bravery to get on a person's calendar, especially a senior leader, to talk about these types of things and hope that they get engaged and hope that they get motivated because I think your rationalization is that they won't. Yeah. And I think another piece of advice I'd just throw in there is practice, right? Find someone that you feel like maybe is an attainable, you know, or someone that you feel more comfortable presenting to and bounce it off of them and say, what do you think? And and if it's someone that you work with and you have a shared sense of this leader, right? Say, and what do you think they'll think? Right. And so help get your momentum up by bouncing, bouncing your idea off of someone. Yeah. This is why you and I get along so well, Laura, because I'm a huge (laughs) fan of practice. So I tell my clients all the time that, hey, the stuff that we're talking about now, you know, I've been studying for years. It's brand new for you. It doesn't mean that 
it's like flicking a switch that tomorrow you're going to be perfect at it. But practice, you know, try it out, see if it works, look for other ways to make it work. But if you don't practice, you're never either never going to do it right, or you're going to you know start practicing and, and make it happen. But you do have to practice. So I really love that. Yeah. So I think a couple of takeaways for our listeners, one that we just talked about, which is this need to practice, right? Find somebody, an accountability partner or a colleague whom you can say, hey, I'm having a big meeting tomorrow with the CEO and I thought I would just run by the points I'm going to make and walk you through it. You know, do you have time to listen, et cetera? So I think that's extremely valuable. The second piece of advice is really speak now. You don't want to look back in time and say, gee, I wish I had said something. If you have something to say, find time to say it. And that's where trust, I think, really exists, you know, the behavior that we were talking about earlier. Are there any other lessons or observations that you could share with people, Laura, on being brave at the workplace? So I'm a really big believer that honesty is the truest way to be kind. I love Kim Scott's, uh, I actually watched uh, her uh, Udemy class on radical candor. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's just so very powerful, but if I can just go back to that belonging for a quick second, and I know it's going to become the Ed Everts shootout from be brave at work to find your belonging, but <laughs> future plug. But if I can go back to that for a quick second, you know, I think as people, we all want to have that sense of belonging. And, you know, I've learned that most acutely through doing this work with uh, employee engagement and utilizing a Gallup for that is I think belonging gives you the momentum to be brave and to step out you know, to know that you're doing this, not just for yourself, but for others. And when I say honesty is the truest way to be kind, a lot of times people kind of look at me sideways, right? And so mm -hmm, to clarify mm -hmm. that a little bit, what I mean is, you know, don't just say what you think the other one wants to hear, but be honest while doing so, ensure that you're seeking to actually help them, right? That's what Kim really gets into, into radical candor, which is, you know, make sure that you're actually trying to help them be better. Because if you're being honest to tear them down, please keep that to yourself, right? But if you're seeking to help them, that's where the intentional kindness comes in, I guess, is because you're looking to give them some feedback to help them be better. It's going to strengthen your relationship. It's going to strengthen your, your feeling of belonging. And I think that being honest is also a place where you have to experience a lot of bravery to say something that might be counter to what they're expecting. Right. And I think it's a great way to uh, be brave at work. Yes. Look at that. We did it. We came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura, thank you so much for your story today and finding time to chat with us. Do you have any ways that folks can get in touch with you? Yes, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If anybody is interested or wants to continue this conversation, I'd be happy to. My email at HealthEdge is also ltomaino, T-O-M-A-I-N-O at healthedge.com. HealthEdge, H-E-A-L-T-H-E-D-G-E. -E. Fantastic. Thanks again, Laura. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Google, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, Apple. You know, we are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week. <laughs>